UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal will fly to two. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, Howling in the Street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Okay, we're recording. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. Tonight, we're going to be talking about everything from cryptids to uh, rainbow light language, which is called light language. Um, it's so interesting. It's it's something different in the vocal cords that people are, that my guest is able to do, and it activates you in your DNA. Um, a, a little bit more about my guest. She does quantum healing hypnosis, EFT tapping, which I've talked about before, an emotion code where she dives deep into the subconscious mind to assist and teach people how to tap into their own inner healer naturally and intuitively. And who I'm talking about is Tonya Braddock. Uh, she hosts the Existential Empath podcast where she shares tips and techniques on how to strengthen one's intuitive gifts and allow major shifts in consciousness to take place. Tonya has worked in the healthcare, healthcare field for nearly 15 years where she experienced many paranormal experiences which opened her up to understanding her abilities at a much deeper level. She also is a Sasquatch and ET experiencer and has participated in several CE5 events in Washington, North Ohio. Tonya has had the ability to activate people in their own knowledge of light language and assist with elevating one's consciousness. And her website is www.thesoulcafe.org. And you can find all our links. I'll put all the links in the, in the, in the description. But Tonya, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you for inviting me on your show. This is going to be a really exciting show today. <laughs> I think so too. I, I, I'm sure a lot of my, my fans have heard about light language, but if you get, okay, here's what's interesting. Like what I, I found really interesting. If you ever read like the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, yes. um, well, the, in that he says there's a brainwave vibration in that, in those tablets. Like he says, like, if you ever find it, and he says in a roundabout way, like he says to say these names, the names are Utanas, Quertas, Chietal, and Guyana, Quertal, Simbeta, Ardal. Ooh, I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. You're doing something to me by just saying those names. It gives a brainwave vibration. So he says in the tablets that that's supposed to keep you away from like harm, or he says you're supposed to surround yourself in a circle, but this idea of, of what, of this uh, brainwave activation goes with the light language. Like, can you talk to the viewers about this? Yeah. So from my understanding, you know, and I've only been activated in my light language for a little over a year. So I'm still pretty uh, kind of a newborn, I guess, so to speak, you know, in all of this. But, you know, when it comes to sound waves, because I do work with, uh, you know, a lot the subconscious mind often. So when we're in doing QHHT, oftentimes we're in a theta brainwave state, and that's where we can access the subconscious mind very easily. And light language is built into our DNA. It's built into our subconscious. And each and every one of us has access to this knowledge. It's just a matter of 
going into the subconscious mind and plucking it out and remembering it. We have such a vast amount of information built into the subconscious, which could also be categorized as the Akashic records. You know, I call the Akashic records like the cosmic internet. It's, you know, we're all connected. It's, it's similar to mycelium in mushrooms, you know, where you've got the mycelium and it covers everything. We have access to that. And when I was activated in my light language, I didn't even know what light language was, you know, before this. And then I just started speaking it. But I was also at the time working with different brainwave states and having a deeper understanding of, uh, you know, meditation and getting into that, you know, knowing the difference between alpha, beta, gamma, theta. But I was working a lot in the theta brainwave state. And that is from the time we're born to roughly age seven or eight, we're in a theta brainwave state. That's when we are learning how to uh, function in society. We're watching our, our parents, our teachers, our peers. And so it's a very um, kind of a spongy brainwave state where we soak things in. And so when, uh, you know, we we can also access things in the theta. So when I'm diving into QHHT, that's, you know, working with a client, that's where we're going. We're getting into the theta because we're getting into the subconscious mind. So that's where I, I personally feel that light language, it's, it's uh, pulling from the subconscious and bringing information forward so that we can utilize it in a variety of ways for healing, for activations, for uh, alignment, aligning with our higher self. Uh, there's so many things that light language can assist with. And, and, and like, and it sounds weird. It, like if somebody's never heard light language before, it's like a bunch of different patterns of sounds, but it does something to your brain. It makes it vibrate, right? It, it does like it, it, uh, it does like even when you do it, when I heard you do it on Jessica Jones's podcast, it gave me a little like buzz type, you know, it was like, I was like, this is so cool. And I've heard other people do it before. And like, I've actually listened to rainbow. Some people call it rainbow light language. Some people just call it light language. I listened to people do it before on YouTube and I've had to hit over and over and over again because I found it so interesting. And I, I felt like it was doing something to me. It was like activating me or something. Is that what's happening? Yes. So what, you know, I, when I get activated, I, I call it the cosmic orgasm because it's really powerful. It's like this ripple of energy that comes from my feet up through my body and then shoots out you know, my crown. So when you speak light language, you're speaking in different tones, sacred geometry comes out light codes. So it's coming through light and sound. And it can come in the form of binaural beats, physical pulses, uh, physical movement, even uh, drawings. So when I started light language, I was actually using my hands first. I didn't even speak it. I was activated in uh, like a cosmic sign language, so to speak. And so I started moving my hands in all these different movements and directions. And it kind of reminded me of that movie or the show QA or uh, the OA, the OA on Netflix, because I was moving and doing almost like Qigong type, you know, movements. And then I started. You're moving energy, right? You're, You're feeling the energy, all right? Yeah. And it was coming through. And I also, with my fingers was drawing like dots and circles and and pyramids and all these things with my fingers. And then I took a pen and I started to write these things down. I was like, what are these, you know? And so I didn't even really realize what they were until I spoke to a six-year-old boy and the boy (laughs) looked at my images and said, Tanya, these are portals. He goes, these are stargates. What you're drawing are stargates. And I was like, what? Like, this is fascinating. How is this information coming through to me? And so I wasn't even physically speaking it until I said, you know what, I can speak this. Everybody else is speaking it. I'm going to practice. 
Well, what I realized is my throat chakra was blocked. It could not tolerate or handle the frequencies that light language was coming through. So I had to really work with it, almost like a singer would work with the higher pitches and the lower pitches. I had to do that. And so I started to do what's called resonant tuning. I started to take uh, different solfagio frequencies or pure tones, and I started to listen to them with my headphones. So I started with 144 hertz. And I would listen with my headphones and I would hum to it. I would tune my body. And when I did that, I almost felt like a tuning fork. My body started to vibrate. And so then I'm like, I'm going to mess around with some of these other frequencies. So once I did that, I was able to start accessing my light language more because when I speak it, it comes out in a certain tone and that tone will, it'll rattle you, you know? So when you listen, you'll start to vibrate to it because it also will activate your pineal because our pan- pineal is mostly magnetite, right? It's a crystal. So it's almost like, you know, very similar to using a tuning fork with a crystal. We're using that sound frequency with our body, which, you know, we're moving into that crystalline body. So yeah, when you feel the vibrations, you're actually in resonant tuning with the light language. Now, do you think we could take this to another level? Do you think we could get it to a point where light language could take us to like to these stargates or through, like if you go into deep meditation and you start doing light language to yourself, do you think we can possibly, you know, to, uh, transpose this reality or go, go to another reality with it? Like, because it seems very powerful. It is. And I have no doubt in my mind that we can do that, that, you know, once I use light language, yes, it, at first I was not using it with clients until it started to come through me and I couldn't stop it. It was like, I was holding, you know, holding it back and it was coming through so powerfully. And even if the client didn't even know what light language was, I'm like, listen, just close your eyes. I have to speak something to you. And then they had some sort of a reaction to it or a feeling. So I do feel, and if you go back to ancient Egyptian times, you know, they would utilize the earth elements and they would utilize the ankh and they would utilize their sound and uh, the feminine and the masculine divine energies. And so I do feel that, you know, we know this knowledge, we have it. It's just remembering it. It's tapping into it and bringing all of the pieces together. And that's where I think light language can assist Especially if we're on sacred sites, right? Because there's more powerful energy there. That would be interesting to do it on a sacred site. That would be so interesting. Now, is do you you've studied Sasquatch as well? Like, do you? When I heard you do the light language on Jessica's show, it reminded me somewhat of like like a Native American tone, but uh, it was it's it's so different. Like it's different than that. But is it similar to that? And then the Sasquatch language even similar to that? Are they all similar, like to all these dialects and languages? That's a good question. And Jessica and I have talked about that before, because we both feel as if Sasquatch is speaking some sort of a cosmic language when people hear the minds or they, you know, they hear them in the woods kind of communicating with one another. So one thing I've recognized with my language is it's not the same every single time. It depends on the person that I'm working with or the, the people that I'm working with, it depends on the land and it changes, it changes. And so it, cause it's an energy, it's a frequency. It's almost like if you look at languages, English, French, Spanish, right? If you're speaking Spanish to someone who doesn't understand it, they aren't going to comprehend it. But if you're speaking English to someone, they're going to comprehend it. But what happens with me is it's almost like my little computer system, my subconscious mind feeds through to figure out what energy is most compatible with that person or the land 
And then I speak the dialect that comes through. <laughs> so it's fascinating. Could you, could you give a, a would you mind, is it too much to ask if, if, I, if I asked you right now, if you could do an example of the light language so the audience gets an, an idea of it? Yeah, sure. So let me just, yeah, let me just kind of, you know, set an intention that this light language that's going to come out is for whatever the person receiving it wants, right? So it could be for healing. Uh, you know, maybe you've got some aches and pains in the body or you're struggling. It could be for love. Maybe you're trying to connect, you know, with your soulmate. Uh, it could be for an activation. Maybe you want to be activated in your light language. Uh, it's for a variety of things. And so just opening your heart and not trying to figure out with a conscious mind, you want to figure it out, you know, with your body, how does your body feel when this information comes through? Because light language, uh, it will release energetic blocks. It will bypass the brain. Uh, it can activate the DNA and the pineal gland. So there's so many things that it will do, but we've got to move past the ego, the conscious mind, because at first you're like, this is a bunch of gobbledygook, you know, what are you, what are you talking about? So I just want to kind of preface with that because, you know, your listeners or your viewers might be like, what is she speaking? But just really sitting in your body and seeing how it feels in your body, because that's what it's doing. It's going to move that energy out. So uh, let's see what comes through, you know, because it, this is all going to be in harmonization with whoever your listeners are and what your energy is too. And my I'm energy gonna close my eyes and get in a meditative state right now. So, okay, let's, let's do it. Let's take a few deep breaths in and just really clear our minds the best that we can. どこにあなしゃらてきりあたじゃらななはいころとこしあなな平時あなろとこしきれてはらたいあらたななごころとこしあらたかはいあなないあらたころとこしきれてしあなななのじゃなないはいあらたいあろとこしきあて。That was set that was making something in my mind thump like in a good way what? yeah my whole body so when i speak it see i get goosebumps and i sometimes i get really hot like i get this flush of heat coming through and so that felt very lemurian to me i, I it's i'm getting better at understanding wh what uh, aspect is coming through now my friend here he built this pyramid out of copper that I went and sat in and I played certain sound frequencies. So I'd play 432 Hertz, 528, you know, all the way up. And I recognize certain um, aspects of my higher self would come through, whether that be the Arcturians, the Pleiadians, the Andromedans, the Lemurians. And I would recognize that certain frequencies brought in certain beings, you know, so to speak. So that was really interesting to me, but that sounded very Lemurian to me coming through. <laughs> I, I can't explain what it did. I mean, like I would have just asked the audience, whoever watches this to rewind it, meditate while before you, you hear her do this and see how it makes you feel, because I can't even imagine what that would do in person. Like, I, I mean, because over the computer, it made me feel great. Like it's just like, yeah. it was actually moving something. It was, I don't know if it was healing or what it was doing something to my mind. It was like, it, it made my mind vibrate. Like it will. That was and so it amazing. Your, yeah. Like your neural pathways will connect and it works on a cellular level. So when you feel that, you know, like when I get the goosebumps, it's like literally my cells are like Rubik's cubing, you know, like, 
you know, trying to all connect in a new way. So it's setting new pathways, you know, throughout your cellular and your nervous system. And so it, it can also attune you to higher frequencies too. So when I speak it, if I'm having a bad day, I'll start speaking it and it'll immediately almost like shift me into a new timeline. And I've talked about this on my podcast, how to, how to recognize when you've shifted into a new timeline. And so we can do that through shifting our frequency and shifting our vibration and light language will do it almost immediately. It's like pulling you out of a lower density or a lower dimension, and it'll pull you up into the higher dimensions. And that I use it regularly for clearing for sure. Uh, is there a way that we can learn this? Do we just like try to utter words like or, or, or sounds or like, how do we know what's right in terms of light language? Do we have to study or how do we yeah. And I don't really necessarily think it's something to be learned. I think it's something to more be activated within us. It's already there, right? It's already there. And so I can share a little bit about my story of how I was activated with it. So I went to a Sasquatch uh, retreat here in North Washington. And when I was pulling into the retreat, uh, I could feel or sense something was calling me. Something was calling me there. Well, when I got out of my car, everyone was kind of gathered around this tent. And when I walked up to the tent, I had set my chair down. I saw a crystal skull. They had brought the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull, you know, to this event. And I had recognized this skull on Ancient Aliens. It had been on, you know, several different uh, shows. And I immediately felt this presence of this skull. And I had this knowing or this understanding that I had worked with this before. Well, he allowed it, the handler, uh, you know, or the guy who was caring for the skull, uh, he allowed us to walk up to the skull and connect with it one by one. Well, when I did, I immediately had this flash in my mind and I heard in my mind, you know, welcome back. It's good to see you again. And I thought, oh, oh what's that mean? And I had a visualization of me and others standing around this skull programming it. And what appeared to be Lemuria is what it was because it was a crystal city. And within days of that, I was you know, speaking light language, but they were also doing an activation ceremony there where they had everybody in a circle. And this may have been 50 or so people. And one person would get in the middle and sit in a chair and everyone would do a, a tone. Like, so my tone was E, everybody chanted E. And then when they stopped, my hands were just rapidly moving. So I was just... Well, everybody else who got in the circle started speaking and they all spoke a very different language. And I was fascinated by this. So I, in my own sense, was activated with my hands, but everyone else was activated with their sound, you know, with the sound. So you can do this on your own in the mirror through sound. So OM is a, is a powerful one. I was just uh, about to say that. It's like when you go like this, when you go, if you get into a meditative state and you start going, OM. I can almost start to feel the, when I say it, I can feel the vibration in my head. Um, it's like, a, it, it's like a healing. It goes into your chest and into your, uh, into your core. And it, it's so, it's, it's so healing for some reason, right? Absolutely. Because what you're doing is you're resonant tuning. That's exactly what you're doing. So when you're, when you're doing those sounds, E, ah, you know, I always joke that the farmer in the Dell, E, I, E, I, O, you know, those <laughs> are the sounds you want to make, right? Because but you want to hold them and you want to feel the vibration throughout your body. And oftentimes when you're doing ohm, you'll feel it in your pineal gland too. It'll start to kind of vibrate a little bit. So, you know, start off now, when I started, when I was doing the, the hands, I was like, I'm going to activate myself. I did it in the mirror. I would do E in the mirror. And then I would just see what would come out. And at first it was like, boop, 
poopy kikaka, you know, very baby talk. And I was laughing because it sounded silly. But what I was doing is I was activating and I would notice some pain in my throat chakra because I was activating different tones and, and tunes, you know, but so you can do it. It's just at first I was like, oh, my ego was like, what are you doing? This sounds so strange, you know, but once I got past that, I started to do it. And then I recognized doing it with clients and it was coming through more and more and more. So a lot of it is practicing with your vocal cords. And many of us have a very closed throat chakra. You know, that is one of the chakras that as a collective, we have been holding, you know, holding in what we want to say. Maybe we were taught to don't speak unless you're spoken to. And that has been passed down and we bite our tongue. We hold, you know, hold things back. And so that will also block your light language, you know, coming out if you don't have a open throat chakra. But if you do those tones and tunes while you're meditating or just throughout the day in the shower, you know, wherever, very similar to a singer, you will begin to activate, you know, your throat chakra, which then will activate your light language too. Now, let me ask you this. Do you incorporate this in your quantum healing hypnosis sessions or um, to kind of help the patient or not pay, or the, not the, 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 the client? Yeah. The client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. And it will come through very differently. I've activated many people in my quantum healing. I also do a personal healing session, which is an hour long. And that can be anywhere from energy clearing to EFT tapping to the emotion code to light language. Uh, So I do suggest if people want to, you know, have a session with me, book the personal healing session first. It's, it's, it's more, um, you know, I feel like it really is a more general, you know, clearing of what, what needs to be done because if there's a throat chakra blockage there we can move that through we can clear that uh throats usually emotions attached to the throat are i can't speak my truth or i don't feel safe uh, you know speaking my truth i don't feel safe being authentic with my words or you know those types of things so really having a deeper understanding of the emotions that are attached to the blockage and also light language works with the heart too. So it's important to not only have the throat open, but to have the heart open too. And I would say 99% of the world right now has, has what's called a heart wall. We've built up a wall around our heart from everything from our childhood, our past lives, you know? So uh, being able to clear the heart too is very important when it comes to light language. Now, what is, uh, if you, if, I think I know what it is, but can you tell the audience what EFT tapping and emotion code is? Yeah. So EFT tapping or emotional freedom technique is a, uh, it goes back 5,000 or so years. I mean, it's gone back a long time. So what you do is you tap, I guide you almost like Simon says, and we tap on certain acupressure points. And as we do that, we speak we speak. So what we're doing is we're connecting the right and left hemispheres of the brain. And as we're speaking, we speak the negative first. So if there's some sort of a problem or an issue or a trauma, we go in and we hone on the negative first to deprogram. And then we go back through and then we post, we look at the positive statements to reprogram and EFT tapping is it's fascinating because it can work so quickly. It's, it's amazing. And I often will use the emotion code as well, which is where we use muscle testing or other known as applied kinesiology. So I will also muscle test, you know, where do we need to begin with the EFT tapping and where do we need to go in there? But um, I've had, so, you know, as we're tapping through, some people just can't, I'll say a statement and they can't even say it. Like I am creative. I had someone stuck. They couldn't, I, uh, 
they couldn't even get the words out because they had been so blocked. And so we had worked through that because creativity sits in our sacral chakra. And that's another area through sexual trauma and all of these things that we've, you know, dealt with as a society or collective. So EFT tapping is just, it's energetic movement movement, and it doesn't take away the memory. It takes away the electrical charge or the emotional charge around the memory. So you can go back, you know, say you're in a car accident and before we start, you can't even process that. You just can't even go back to, to that situation. Once we move through the tapping, you will be able to look at that situation without the, the emotion behind it or a very diminished amount, you know, of the emotion behind it. So it's, it's amazing. And it's very scientifically backed, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, Bruce Lipton and, uh, you know, the Dawson church and, you know, all of them are you know, this is what they do. And it's fascinating because you're working with a subconscious mind no, and that's where all of the trauma is. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, and, and do you think this will have a, it, it has an effect on our soul and our energy body, but do you think this also helps our physical body too? Because I think it really does. I think it all connects. I think it's all healing, right? Absolutely. So anytime there's a physical issue in the body, it starts off from an energetic standpoint, and then it leaks into an emotional standpoint. So, you know, when we are healing the physical, the physical is much more dense of an energy. So it takes longer for things to manifest in the physical, but by the time it's manifested in the physical, then it's already been in the energetic and the emotional, you know, for quite some time. So the, but the good thing about the body is it's so literal. It's so literal. So you think, you know, you know, I have shoulder pain. Well, what, what does the shoulder do? It carries things for us. So you ask yourself, well, what burdens am I carrying? Or, you know, my, I have elbow pain. Well, what does the elbow do? It's flexible. It bends. Where are you not being flexible in your life or where are you not bending? You know, where are you being restricted or maybe even stubborn for that matter? So when we look at the body, it's, you know, there's a whole concept called body talk where, which is similar to uh, a little bit, you know, the same uh, concept with the emotion code, but we're literally talking to the body and asking the body what it needs. And the body is like a very vast technology and uh, we just need to know how to communicate, you know, with it and it will communicate back with us. But when we look at the body and where the pain is, we also have to couple it with where's the emotional aspect attached you know, to that. And then we can clear that energetically. I love that. I love that idea. Now I wanted to ask you, I just wanted to flip over to the paranormal. Um, but this has to do with what you're saying. I, you worked in healthcare for a while and I heard you say you witnessed a lot of people crossing over. Did. Can you talk about some of your experience and did that increase your spirituality? Yeah, it sure did. So I were, I, you know, I'm not a nurse, but I worked in, um, uh, I was a hospital liaison between the organ procurement organization and the trauma centers. So I did a lot of education policy management, but with that said, I worked with a lot of donor families, the families who were in the, in the ICU, in the emergency department who were consenting to organ donation, you know, for their loved ones. And so I was, uh, in the rooms often with the patients who were declared brain dead. And once they were declared brain dead, they could go on to become an organ donor. Well, I began to very quickly notice that I was hearing, you know, the donor speaking to me in wow. the room and I was sensing things. And so we had a program called the donor blanket program where we had a volunteers would make all these blankets and they were different colors and patterns. Well, I got to a point where I would ask 
the donor in the bed, what color they liked, what pattern they liked. And I would pick out the perfect blanket. And every time I bring it down to the family, they'd be like, how did you know? You know, they, you know, they love the Florida Gators and you picked out the perfect colors. And, and, but I wasn't sharing this with anyone. I was seeing shadow people in the hospital. I was having um, contact. I'd have to go into the office late at night at like three in the morning to work with the night shift and chairs were flying across to my office. I, I was having a lot of paranormal. (laughs) Wow. What was, what what do you think the shadow people were doing there? What do you think they are? If you don't mind me. I think, yeah. And I did a podcast on this with Barry Littleton. You should ask him to be on your show. He's fascinating. So we talked about earthbound spirits and oftentimes. So when, when people come into the hospital, during a traumatic situation, their spirit or their soul or consciousness will shoot out of their avatar, their body, right? Their physical body. And then they will be confused. They'll be trapped in the hospital. So hospitals, that's why there's so much paranormal activity at hospitals because the souls are getting trapped there. They aren't understanding that they are no longer in their physical body. They don't, they don't realize that. And especially with traumatic uh, situations, so, you know, I've had a few near-death experiencers on my show and that they've talked about that hovering over their body. Like they saw the staff working on their body and they were hovering, but they were called back into their body. Now, I feel like the shadow beings or the earthbound spirits were not called back in because they decided not to come back to earth. You know, they decided not to come back to this 3D reality, but they were confused. They were like, where do I go? And uh, Barry talks about that, you know, that sometimes we've been trapped in these reincarnation loops and we are afraid to go to the light when we're on the other side because we aren't sure what it is. And so we kind of stay put. And that's why you see these paranormal experiences happening in buildings in, in the land. It's because these spirits are being attached and they're having a hard time crossing over. So Once I learned this concept, because at first it was overwhelming to me, all of these organ donors were trying to communicate with me to communicate with their families. And I'm like, when did I become the organ donor whisperer? Like, this is not what I signed up for. (laughs) I need to get paid more for this. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're, so you're basically like a medium. Yeah. And at the time I didn't, I guess I, we all have these abilities and this is what I talk a lot about on my podcast is how to access these abilities. It's really just accessing your clairvoyancy. And I didn't realize that was one of my gifts or abilities that I had, but I shut it down because it was, I couldn't even sleep at night. I'd come home at night and I was having all of the, this communication from the other side. And I'm like, you know, I'm busy during the day. I can't handle this, you know, at night. So I shut it down and we have the ability to do that, but, um, and I'm slowly opening it back up now, but yeah, I guess you call it mediumship, psychic abilities, clairvoyancy, but we all have these abilities and it's activated within our pineal gland, but our, I don't know if you talk about this on your show, but decalcifying the pineal gland and the importance of that, to access our higher wisdom and our higher knowledge. Well, I know is you know not to use fluoride. You know, mm-hmm. I know that's a big thing. But what else can we do to decalcify our pineal gland? Yeah, so I've listed a few things on my website to assist with this. Things that I've used. So raw organic cacao. I, I drink that every morning. Kind of, I've replaced coffee. You know, with cacao, you can do MSM. Um, uh, there's uh, there's so many things that is spirulina. A lot of it is. Um, clearing your body of heavy, heavy metals too, getting rid of a lot of the heavy metals. So I love zeolite, bentonite clay. Those, those are some really good ones. And then 
the more you cleanse your body of that, the more you can access, you know, your pineal gland. And cause that is the one gland that, um, they like to, uh, come after, right. Because they know that's our spiritual connection and meditation can do it too. You know, the more you meditate, the more you can, you can cleanse that, that gland and that will activate your clairvoyancy. And, uh, I also have what's clear audience. So I'll hear things. I, I went out to lunch one time with some friends and I didn't realize the place was haunted, but I sat down with them and they were having a conversation. And then I immediately was hearing something in my mind's eye. And I'm like, who is Betsy? Like, who is Betsy? And then I saw a visual visual of this woman with like this white, you know, kind of cropped shirt and black with her hair back in a bun. And then like, what is this? Well, the manager came up and introduced himself to me and he said, um, you know, this place is haunted. And I said, oh gosh, I could sense it immediately. And then I told him, about Betsy. And he goes, Oh, she's the woman who drowned herself in the lake across the street. And I'm like, well, she's here. And that night we did a paranormal investigation. It just so happened, you know, synchronicity. I was there, they were doing a paranormal investigation, you know? So I stayed and we had a lot of contact, you know, that night. And so for me, it was like a validation of, I, I can tap into the, the other realms. I can, you know, hear this information. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of it's like a sport to develop our gifts. We, we have to practice and yeah, we have I'm to put in the work. I've never heard of some of these other sub, uh, supplements. I've heard of zeolite, but mm-hmm. I mean, like, uh, with spirulina, that's a, what's a, what, can you talk about some of these supplements and are they, yeah. easy to get? can you get them off Amazon or? Yeah, you can go. I've got them all listed on my website, thesoulcafe.org. So yeah, I've got the pineal gland specifically ones on there, but spirulina is a blue green algae and it will literally detox uh, heavy metals out of your body, but it also provides protein to your body. So it's an amazing supplement. I actually give it to my cat. I, I get the tablets and I get two and he gets one and he, I've seen a difference just looking at his eyes. Um, I can totally tell, like I've got friends who do iridology where you can literally look at the eyes and see what's wrong with the body. And I'm recognizing his eyes are getting clearer. And so spirulina and, uh, you know, there's, uh, in Southern Oregon, there's a place called Klamath falls and Klamath falls has an excellent spirulina too. It's a very blue, almost like the color of my shirt, uh, you know, color. So yeah, check into that. Uh, any type of heavy metal, uh, the medical medium, Anthony Williams, he's fascinating. He talks a lot about cleansing our bodies of heavy metals and he has a smoothie that he recommends. It includes wild blueberry, uh, cilantro, um, Atlantic dulse, which is like a, an algae. He talks a lot about spirulina and then, um, barley grass juice, I believe. So he check him out. If you're really interested in detoxing heavy metals, he is kind of the go-to guy for this. He talks a lot about it. And, uh, I tell you, it makes a world of difference. I, I noticed just when I started doing the zeolite two times a day, my, my aches and pains were going away. I felt lighter too. Cause I do feel like heavy metals anchor us into the third dimension more. And, uh, it kind of holds us back like an where, anchor. Where are we picking up these uh, heavy metals from? I know that you can get them in seafood, right? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, a variety of ways. So they're in our food. Uh, you know, our foods are sprayed, you know, of course, yeah. uh, we can pick it up through uh, our water supply. We can pick it up through, you know, the chemtrails and, you know, all the nonsense that they're doing. Uh, and so it is, it, it really holds us down. But with that said, there are also minerals that are important for us to, 
to bring into our bodies, you know, magnesium, zinc, potassium, uh, you know, copper is another one, you know, there's a lot of different minerals. I, I reached out to this guy called the mineral shaman, and I want to learn more because I've asked him to come on my show because I want to learn. It's like, okay, I've detoxed the heavy metals, but now what minerals do I need, you know, in my body to help my body thrive? And he talks a lot about copper and how we're very depleted in it. And that will also assist with our ascension process is getting rid of the heavy metals, but also bringing in the minerals, which is so important for us. Yeah, I was going to tell you, uh, even like um, on YouTube, they have videos where they, like if you click on it, it'll say, this will make your pineal gland vibrate at about four minutes. And like, I've laid <laughs> down and listened to it. And it's, it's a binaural beat. And it actually does. So I was thinking, does that vibration of the pineal gland kind of... Uh, maybe loosen it up a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. So you don't even have to do you, you don't have to do the physical supplements. You can do it through sound. I think sound therapy is just as powerful. So if you're listening to those binaural beats and it's, it, you feel that little vibration in there, then absolutely. You are activating your pineal pineal. And it's like an antenna. It's like an antenna to the cosmos, to our higher self. And it will connect us. I mean, you look back at, even in the Bible, Jesus talked about mana. Mana is ormus, orbitally rearranged monoatomic elements. It's a, it's, you know, and um, yes, monoatomic gold. And so our bodies, as we're moving from a carbon-based body into more crystalline based body, we need to access more of these minerals, the golds, the silvers, the coppers, the, but we've been taught at, you know, through the matrix to not, you know, take these things that, oh, these are bad for you. But really once we detox the, the heavy metals, like the lead, the arsenic, the cadmium, the mercury, there's certain ones that are bad, you know, for us, but then there's certain ones that will enhance our light body. And Ormus does that monoatomic gold will strengthen. It's a superconductor. So it'll strengthen your light body. And I've got a variety of blue. It's called blue emerald alchemy. That's, that's the name of the website, blue emerald alchemy. Oh, I'm going to write that down. I'm oh gonna... my gosh. He has a variety. His name's Jason. He has a variety of different types of monoatomic elements and he explains them. And he has some back from Egypt and he has, um, he's an alchemist. So he creates these and they are just, I've got a, like a cabinet full of them and I, I muscle test to see, you know, which ones I need, but yeah, check that website out. It's a powerful blue, website. Blue, 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 what? Alchemy? Blue Emerald Alchemy. Blue Emerald Alchemy. I'm going to write, I wanted to ask you too. Or alchemist. I, I wanted to ask you too, uh, <laughs> what kind of water you're drinking? Because here's my, what I did. Like I had a lady on my show. She, uh, she takes pictures of water and, it, and she showed how water like reacts. Like it, it, it can, um, it, when we have positive thoughts, the water reacts. When we have negative thoughts, the water reacts. And she was actually taking pictures of water and her name is, uh, oh, I, I can't think best or no. Um, I can't think of her name right now, but, uh, but it's amazing what she does, but she got me on alkaline water um, because yeah. I, you know, but then um, someone told me the other day, they're like, oh, well, alkaline water in a plastic bottle, isn't that great for you? And I was thinking, well, I can't get metal cans or aluminum cans of water all the time. So I, I have to get the plastic bottles, alkaline water, and I can't afford a reverse osmosis system. right yeah. now. You know, so what would you say is the best? And I, it's hard for me to find a natural spring. So, I mean, do, do you know like what a, a, ba- a good kind of water is or what would you say? Yeah, it, it's hard because I went down that rabbit hole for quite a while and I would read about alkaline and the positive and then the negative. And then I'd read about reverse osmosis, the positive and the negative. So 
I actually bought an alkaline pitcher that I can fill water with and then leave it in my fridge. I don't drink alkaline every day. I drink it, you know, maybe two or three days a week, but I, I go to the store and fill up five gallon jugs of reverse osmosis. And then I add the minerals into it. So the trace elements, because what I was doing for a long time is I didn't realize, re yeah, reverse osmosis takes out fluoride and all of the junk, but it takes out all the minerals too. And I didn't realize I was like demineralizing myself for a while. So it's important if you are doing reverse osmosis to add the minerals back in. I, I use a product that they sell here locally. That's also on Amazon. It's called light balance L Y T E. And I'm going to do a show with the owner of this company because I want to learn more about it, but it's basically electrolytes. And then I was learning more about um, chromium and vanadium and zinc and how these are so important, you know, for your body. So I'm on this little path right now of learning more about minerals and how they do activate us. But I think you're doing great. If you're doing alkaline, that's awesome. If you're doing um, spring water and you have access to that, I do here in Idaho, I have access to spring water to be able to get that. Um, but I can't get it all the time. Uh, cause sometimes it freezes over, you know, in the winter months, but if you yeah. can get reverse osmosis, like I do, I go and fill my two or three, five gallon jugs at the, at the store. What store has that Trader Joe's or whole foods or what? You know, trade whole foods does. I've got what's called natural grocers here. So just, I would say any holistic place. Now I'm not a hundred percent sure that like say Walmart, they have the glacier water. I'm not sure that's reverse osmosis. The, I have a store here that has an alkaline, you can fill up alkaline water or reverse osmosis water. So I'll get a jug of alkaline and a jug. I wish of I had that. I wish mm -hmm. I, I, I got to find some more. Maybe I could get it off. Maybe I could just buy it off Amazon, just regular. Maybe they sell a reverse osmosis pitcher. No, it's, it's a, they could. Yeah. I know they sell the alkaline pitchers. You can also buy things that you can put in your, like, say you have a glass, you can put it in there to alkalize it. Um, do you live at, you live very rural or do you live near a city? It's both. I live in Pittsburgh, which is like where I live. It's kind of country, but, uh, I'm like 20 minutes away from the city. So I, I would have to imagine if you can get to whole foods or, uh, you know, Trader Joe's doesn't have them, but they do sell alkaline water there. I've bought several alcohol, you know, in the plastic, but when it comes in the plastic, you just want to make sure it's BPA free and it doesn't have a bunch of junk in it. Cause the, if it gets warmed up, the plastic can leach, you know, into yeah. the water, which defeats the purpose of why you're getting it to begin with, you know, yeah. there's no. also a whole thing. And I was reading in India, they, they drink out of copper pitchers, you know, as well. So I know that that's a whole thing too. I think, I well, think that's, what I did was I, I'll show you this bottle I have here, which is interesting. This is an aluminum bottle. I'll get the big gallons of alkaline water and then I'll fill up these aluminum bottles with it. I'll take it out of the plastic and put it in these aluminum now. Oh yeah. Okay. I figure maybe that's better. Cause like if it gets warm, the, the aluminum will keep it a little bit cold. I don't know. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I don't know. You just want to be careful with aluminum too. Cause that's one of the ones you want to detox. You don't want it to get to seep in too much, but I don't know if it will be in your water jug. It's just more eating out of aluminum cans and you know, that kind of stuff. But this one is also thing, tricky, you know, it's so tricky. And it's like a, such a rabbit hole in itself. Cause you're like, I feel like I'm doing something right, but then I realize it's not, but one crystal that you can use that will clear 
anything in the water is shungite. Shungite is mined in Karelia, Russia. And uh, Alexander, I think it was Alexander the Great, he would have his uh, warriors go sit in these um, pools. And the pools were, were lined with shungite. They were just natural springs. They were aligned with shungite. And shungite, you can put that yep, in your water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can put this in my water. Yep. Saying? And it will clear all the gunk out of your water. And not only that, it will activate it. It'll energize the water up. So I, I feel like a pitcher in my, um, you know, I have it in my alkaline pitcher. I've got the shungite in the I'm gonna bottom. Put it in there now. I'm going to, I'm honestly going to put it in there now and then I'll get it out when it's done. But, uh, yeah. Put that in your aluminum uh, can. It'll soak up the aluminum too. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of Shungite. I have it all around my home. I have it around my neck. I have it in my car. It 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 cleanses electromagnetic frequencies from the 5G, you know, towers. It will cleanse your energy. Uh, you can put it in your water. There's, there's a difference between regular Shungite and elite Shungite. So if you can get your hands on some elite, that's even better. It's more silvery, shiny. Um, so there is like a, a difference with that. But Shungite, if you have Shungite, use it. Yeah, it's so powerful. <laughs> that's awesome. I wanted, I wanted to switch over to more to the paranormal. Uh, when, you, when you and Jessica, I had Jessica on my show too, by the way. And she was yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Um, she, you guys remote viewed Mel's hole that I've always been, I was a big art bell fan. So like for me, Mel's hole was like, I, I listened to all the shows at, that Mel waters came on and I, supposedly his name's not Mel water. I don't know if you found out about that, but I don't know. you guys find out about Mel's hole. Yeah, so that was quite the that was quite the remote view because Jessica and I had we've only remote viewed two times together. We did the dark pyramid in Alaska, and then we did Mel's Hole. Well, Mel's Hole is located in uh, Western Washington, and there is a lot of uh, paranormal activity in the area where Mel's Hole is located. I visit a ranch called Iseti Ranch, and it's in the same area. It's James just Gilliland, north, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, James. Yep. And it's just north of the Yakima Reservation. And that's where I had my Sasquatch experience, where I, you know, got out of the car and spoke this language and had this activation. Well, uh, there's also Mount Rainier there, which Mount Rainier has a significant amount of uh, UFOs, extraterrestrial, Sasquatch, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm pretty convinced, I haven't really looked on a map, but I'm pretty convinced there is a ley line or several, you know, in that area. Well, Mel's hole, when we remote viewed, it was funny because during, you know, when you remote view, it really just depends on your energy and where it takes you. So Jessica had remote viewed a little bit more sinister of an activity in Mel's hole. Well, I had remote viewed a little bit more of a um, higher vibrational activity, but what we both recognize is it's both it's doing both, you know, there, we, we kind of came to the conclusion. It's some sort of a wormhole. And, uh, from what I gather the Yakima Indians, I think it was Yakima that were, they're now communicating with that seal being that came out of the sheep, you know, that was lowered into the hole. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you'll tell you know your viewers and listeners might want to check out that show with Jessica on um, her remote viewing vest- investigations with Jessica Jones, the Mel's Hole, because it was like an hour and a half show and it had Especially so much. Especially if there are Bell fans, because like you know, like that that's a uh, it's so interesting going back to those old shows and bringing up new information you know especially with such a legend of were you an art bell fan too i you know i had i'd heard art bell but i wasn't necessarily a fan but when i she asked me to remote view that 
I wanted to learn more about it because I, I wasn't even familiar with Mel's Hole until yeah. Barry Littleton brought it to us. And so I listened to all of Mel's uh, shows with art about that topic. And it was just, it was fascinating. And when I remote viewed that, that being, that seal being connected with me for like two days, like I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. I was in the shower and the, the being was bringing me information. And then I was in my mind, you know, and then I'd be, cause oftentimes that happens in the shower because you've got water as a conductor, right? So I get so much information when I'm taking a shower. If I'm in the lake, I'm taking a swim or in the ocean, if I'm near that, you know, so uh, energy moves a lot faster, but that seal being was connecting with me so deeply. It was like, oh my goodness. And it was very compassionate. It wasn't like this terrifying, sinister type being. It was much more of a compassionate energy coming through, but it was very interesting because I, when I read, remote viewed it I had no no idea I was going to connect with the being itself but that happens and Jessica and I did a show on my podcast about introduction to remote viewing and we talked about that how you can go into um, like it's called a mind probe and you can actually go into some of the people or the beings you know that you're investigating you know so it's fascinating what what else have you been remote viewed that's pretty interesting I'm just so curious Yeah. So I'm kind of new to remote viewing. Now, Jessica's been doing it for 10 years. I've probably been doing it for two. And so I was doing it on my own. I was just remote viewing, you know, Mars and remote viewing different things, which Jessica on her show, she tried to remote view the moon, but she got a lot of pushback from external sources on sharing the data and information. So she's not really comfortable moving out, you know, into those areas now. So she's really sticking more to cryptids and and Sasquatch and whatnot. But for me, I was just remote viewing basic things that I wanted. You can use it for anything. You know, my instructor, she said she used it to keep an eye on her kids. Like she could tell if her kids were going to sneak out of the house or, you know, do things, you know, that they weren't supposed to be doing, but it's really just, uh, you can, you can remote view anything, you know, that you want. And it doesn't take any psychic abilities to do it. It's really just a process. And, the CIA used it, you know, with it, with on. Yeah. So, um, you don't have to be psychic, but I do feel my psychic abilities do enhance it, uh, because you're tapping into all of your, your abilities, hearing, seeing, sensing, smelling, tasting, you know, everything. And, uh, I think that does make it more powerful. Now you've done CE five sessions too. And I was saying, did you do those at the East Eddie ranch or where did you do your CE five? I did. I learned at the East Eddie ranch. So a few years back, you know, a group of us would go every month or two through the, the summer and we would start to connect with these beings. And then, so I learned about it at the ranch and then I started to study Stephen Greer's work. And now I've been doing it on my own. I, I can kind of just go outside and sit in the grass and telepathically connect. And I've got a group of uh, friends who oftentimes we will get together and do it as well. I uh, have a friend who lives, um, he bought some land on the other side of the ranch uh, or the other side of the mountain. And he was just there last weekend or the weekend before, and they saw a very large um, cigar shaped craft that was fascinating, you know, a video and a lot of orb activity. And so I feel that that ranch where it's located is a very high energy place. There's, it's like a sacred land, just the whole area around Mount Adams. And so you don't have to be at the ranch to experience that because we've experienced it on the other side of the mountain in a totally different town. Uh, you know, so it's really just your intention and connecting and opening yourself up to having contact. And 
Stephen Greer talks a lot about that. You know, you want to raise your frequency because you don't want to be contacting with, you know, lower vibrational energies. You want to be contacting with higher beings. And so a lot of it is, you know, I'll speak light language and that will automatically raise my vibration. So I have the ability to connect. And there's a guy, I don't know his name, but he's on YouTube and he goes out and plays music and he sings to them. And he has a fascinating amount of videos of craft in the sky. I'll have to send you his name. You might want to have him on your show because he I'd like to have Barry on my show. If we could connect me with him, like our absolutely email, mm-hmm. you know, that'd be interesting. But one question I had was, do you think these CE5 experiences are more powerful or do you get more out of them when you do it with a group? Or do you think you can just do it just as well on your own? I think both. I think it depends on the group. If you have 50% believers and 50% skeptics, it's going to block the energy. It's going to make it more difficult. But if you have 100% believers in your group, you will have a lot more contact and a lot more communication. Um, I've got friends, my, my friend and her husband sit out in their hot tub at night and they have craft in, in Spokane, Washington. They have craft almost every night you know, out there. So I do feel it's a lot of your energy and the intention that you're putting out into the universe. If you're, if you, you know, if you're, you know, consciously saying, I believe, I believe, but subconsciously you're saying, I don't believe your subconscious is going to override that. And you're going to have more difficulty, but the more, I think going to the ranch opens you up to say, wow, these things do happen. I I've had Sasquatch experiences there. Uh, I've had ET experiences, um, elementals too, like the fairy beings and whatnot. So, the more you're open to it, the more you'll experience, you know? So what, what kind of experiences did you have with the elementals? That's so interesting. Like just, just experiencing them. And are they, would you say they're more like a fairy or like an earth spirit or what? Yeah, both. And I've had those experiences ever since I was a child. So I grew up in Western wow. New York next to a river. And so I would always be in the woods and I, I would communicate with animals from a very young age and telepathically. And so when I would connect, I would also naturally connect with the elementals. So when they would show up, they would appear in something like a rose or a flower, they would be the petal. And then they would show themselves to me, uh, clairvoyantly. And so, um, you know, it was really funny. I would have parties as a kid and I would go to parties that were, we would go out in the woods with these little boxes that look like the butterfly boxes to catch butterflies, but we'd go out and catch fairy beings. It was really crazy. I look back at my childhood and I'm like, Whoa, you know, but it's really just connecting. And I did um, mushrooms one time. I did them one time, uh, like two years ago. And that's all I saw was elementals. It was insane. I sat there and talked to a rose for like three hours, you know, but that rose (laughs) had such a consciousness to it. And it was, it was fascinating for me. And I haven't done it since, but that was a really positive experience, you know, for me, because it showed me that I am what's called a realm bridger. I have the ability to, you know, go from a third dimension up to fourth, fifth dimension, you know, based off of my frequency, my energy, my intention. And the higher your frequency, the more you can see through the veil and you can see these beings and these elementals, but you have to be open to it. You really do. And 
Sometimes I think going out in the woods by yourself and meditating and raising your vibration will allow you to connect and having an open heart and an open mind too. I think if you you're going out there saying, I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I was, yeah, I, no, go ahead. Say, I was going to say, do you think exercising can also like, if you go on a long run? Cause I do mm -hmm. that a lot. Um, do you think that can like kind of raise your vibration to raise your frequency? hundred percent, Robert. Cause I feel like when you're exercising, you're moving energy. You're moving energy, stagnant energy. Yeah, absolutely. So I do what's called walking meditation. Uh, I'll put my binaural beats on or a frequency, you know, 528 hertz, 432 hertz, whatever I'm feeling. And I will literally walk around my neighborhood and it's almost like my light body is expanding and just blasting the land. And so I talked about that on Jessica's show, how I'm what's called a grid worker as well. And I, I talked about this on my podcast, the different types of light, you know, light or frequency holders or light workers, whatever you want to call them. But I think we're all of them. I think all of us are all of them. It's just a matter of tapping and tuning in to our, our powers. It's like we're in a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, I, a couple couple things. I think when we do mushrooms, I've done, I've done them before. I think psychedelics give you and show you a, a way that it shows you that, and at least this did for me, that everything is like connected, right? Yes. It seems like it shows you that like, consciousness is everywhere and we're all experiencing it and when you have a, a deep psychedelic experience you notice that like everything is like you know um connected right 100 like i said like the mycelium in in mushrooms when you look at the mycelium it's you've got mushrooms all over the forest but the mycelium is connected you know throughout the whole soil and underneath and that's how we are too and i do think you know, when we do psychedelics, it also allows us to see things from a different dimension or a different reality. If you're familiar with the movie, The Celestine Prophecy, uh, how they can um, shift in and out of dimensions, that's a fascinating movie. And it will show you like the woman explains to the man, you know, kind of soften your vision and look at the plant. You will see the aura. You will see things that you're not seeing. So I've been practicing that to soften my vision. It's almost like when I'm outside doing CE5, I'll soften it to the point where my eyes are almost crossed, like almost. And then you'll kind of see through that the density and you'll be able to see things it's it reminds me back in the 90s there were these pictures that they would put up on the wall and if you looked at it from a certain standpoint you couldn't see the image inside of it I remember but if you softened your eyes you remember those yeah. <laughs> that's that was almost like training for us to see through dimensions because we're so stuck on I have to visually see it with my eyes but the moment we soften we're like there is something there there is an image there and I had a friend tell me that Sasquatch communicated with him at Crystal Falls, which is up in North Washington, and it's made of crystals, the whole area. And he said he had a very strong, powerful communication with Sasquatch during a meditation. And Sasquatch said, you will see me when you soften your gaze. So he shared that with me and I've been practicing it. And I've got to say, it's, it reminds me of the movie, The Labyrinth, when she first gets to the labyrinth and she can't get through the brick wall. Yeah. But then the little worm tells her, you know, that you, you know, there's, there's gateway or there's doors everywhere. You just have to see. Well, then she realizes that she's seeing it from a different perspective or a perception. And now she can walk through the, the labyrinth. Right. That was an amazing movie for its time. I love that I was movie. Born in the 80s, so I, I, I was born in 1980. So I, I, I'm 42. So I love that movie. Like I grew up watching that movie and, uh, 
yeah, that was a, I can't believe you brought that up. That was an amazing <laughs> thing. It was, wasn't it? Like, yes. And, and, but that's a good example of what we see, you know, how we perceive things is what we, what we believe. Right. But it's like, Hmm, we have to perceive things a little bit differently in order to shift our reality, you know, <laughs> you, you ever hear perceive, believe, achieve. Yes. But I also wanted to tell you that I'm a big proponent for binaural beats. So like, I mm -hmm. love the fact that you use binaural beats. I use them every night. I'll either use the, sometimes I'll use both. Like I'll have like multiple videos playing, but I, so I'll use uh, some guy does crystal singing bowls where he yeah. does each frequency for each chakra. So it's like 30 minutes for each chakra. And then it plays, I'll let that play while I go to sleep. So that'll like, hit every chakra. And it's, it's, uh, it's a real like uh, interesting, those crystals bowls are a real interesting tone. Other times I'll have on binaural beats. And like you said, uh, when I go for a run, I'll listen to them too. Um, if I'm meditating, I like the hemi-sync binaural beats that make me try to have an OBE. I'm still trying yeah. to have an OBE, but um, I haven't been that successful. I think I got to raise my frequency more. Have you had OBEs? I, I have not have, you know, sometimes I do a lot of astral traveling. So during my remote viewing training, I learned the gateway experience, which is the, I think it's Robert Monroe yeah. uh, Institute, right? So I started to practice some of his techniques that he would teach in that. And I also sleep with a lot of crystals when I go to bed, specifically Labradorite. There's certain ones that will help you um, have OBEs, right? So I started to practice my astral because it's important, you know, to set the frequency right when you go to sleep, because that's the frequency you're going to have throughout the night, right? So if you're stressed, odds are you're going to have a stressful night sleeping because that's the frequency you're holding. But if you cleanse your energy, like you're doing, you know, balance your chakras, odds are you're going to have a, a much more pleasant sleeping, you know, experience. And so, uh, I have recognized that sometimes in the morning, <laughs> I, when I wake up my, I'm out of body, I've gotten out of bed and tripped and fell because my physical body isn't functioning because mm -hmm. I'm out of my body. <laughs> That's so but, interesting. Yeah. And I, I do this with my clients. So a lot of, uh, empaths or empathic people, when they experience trauma, they shoot out of their body. They don't want to feel, they don't want to deal with it, but I've had to call them back in, into their body so we can heal. So we can deal with the pain, you know? So I do think a lot of people are functioning out of body and not even really recognizing it. Their, their physical body is like, in, on autopilot, going to work every day, doing the same routine, taking the same drive, you know, every day, but then their, their consciousness is out of it, almost like a puppet master a little bit, you know, you've got your consciousness out of it, but when that happens, it allows space for other energies to come in, you know, to your physical body. So if we aren't fully present in our body, but I do think when you're doing an OBE, you want to make sure you call your body. You want to call your spirit back into your body after you've been in your OBE. <laughs> That's so interesting. So um, I don't have any other questions. Do you uh, want to tell everybody your website again and where they can sure. get your services and uh, all that stuff? Yeah. So I've got a, a, both a YouTube channel and a podcast, the existential empath uh, podcast and the existential empath on YouTube. And I do a variety of topics. It's kind of similar to you. I just kind of dive into whatever's interesting. And 
I cover a variety of things, but I also deal a lot with how to cleanse your energy, how to activate your gifts and whatnot. And uh, I do sessions, EFT tapping, emotion code, uh, energy sessions, light language can come through. And I also do the quantum healing hypnosis. And I've got two versions of that. I've got a short version and a long version because some healing sessions can last anywhere from three to five hours, but I do have a shorter session as well. And you can visit my website at www.thesoulcafe.org. That's awesome. Well, this was so fun. Thank you so much for doing this. I, I had a great time and I think we should do it again sometime uh, for, for sure. Absolutely. I loved it. Thank you so much for inviting me on. And I send so much uh, uplifting energy to everyone who's listening and uh, watching your show. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. All right. Bye.